Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining me. You know, on the show, we've talked about money a whole lot of times, whether it's your understanding your business financials, whether it's about companies, startups looking for investments. We've even talked about preserving your wealth and your estate. And we're going to talk about that again today. And I think it's important that we work and you work for a long period of time and you get towards the end and you start thinking about exiting or an event happens in your life and you need to sell your business. How prepared are you? When did you start preparing? How do you preserve your wealth and grow it at the same time? But also important in this process is about your legacy. Who are you? What do people think about you? And more importantly, uh, my guest said to me, think about yourself sitting in a church at your own funeral. And what are people saying about you? How do you want to be thought of? And frankly, I don't think about that every day. I think more about preserving wealth and doing things like that. But I think it's an important question. So there's a combination and a uniqueness to both of these. And my guest, Heath Goldman, the CEO of Icon Wealth and Legacy Partners, is here with me today to talk about these very subjects. And I think it's important because there's a lot of lessons to be learned and things to take to heart to make sure you are doing health checkups, on your financial situation, on your insurances, on your business insurances, and to make sure that you are prepared to, to, whether you're passing on your business to your your family or what you're going to do after you sell and how you're going to preserve your wealth and, and do things like that. And then also about how you want people to think about you in this day and age of, of glass doors and social media. You know, things can, people can post a lot of stuff about you or your business and things like that. And there's sometimes there's some cleanup to be done. So fascinating conversation. I'm excited to have Heath on. And we'll be right back to talk about how you can do that right after this commercial break. My company, The Ponzi Group, provides consulting, interim, and fractional marketing and leadership services with a focus on the strategic and analytical side of marketing. We take a holistic approach to driving business growth. Consider us your marketing architects. We use research to gather the necessary insights from your customers, prospects, the competition, and the marketplace to develop fact-based approaches to building effective and efficient growth plans. And, much like a general contractor, we partner with internal teams or carefully selected vetted individuals and organizations to execute the strategies and plans, as well as provide oversight and management to ensure we stay on brand and plan. To learn more about our services, visit theponzigroup.com. As I mentioned, I have Heath Goldman, CEO of Icon Wealth and Legacy Partners. Heath, welcome to the show. Angelo, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule. I'm excited to have you on. I think this is a really good topic, especially in the beginning of the year and people start maybe planning for next year or maybe behind for planning for last year. I don't know. We'll uh, We'll talk about that as we get into the into the conversation. But to put things in context for my audience, why don't you tell my audience about you and your business and uh, all that good stuff? Great. Thanks, Angelo. 
Uh, I started in this business 26 years ago as what you would call a wealth manager, financial advisor. And over the years, I've continued to refine the process. Uh, we now at Icon, which I founded about 15 years ago, Icon Wealth Legacy Partners, we focus on working with business owners and real estate families in a number of personal planning areas. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, I do not currently manage money. I am licensed to, um, but I prefer to leave that to the people who can do this 24-7 and uh, function uh, in the areas that uh, clients need with regards to, to Wall Street and, uh, and the stock market. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So when you so you, when you think about growing your business, I mean, obviously, you've been growing over a period of time, but when you think about every day, business activities to continue to grow your business? What keeps you up at night? That's a great question. Um, I think what keeps me up at night is the issues that my clients face. I internalize a lot of their issues. And whether it be, you know, is my son or my daughter going to take over the company? Is my partner going to buy me out? Are we going to sell to a third party here? You know, I've got a health issue that I'm dealing with and don't know how much longer I have. And, you know, the issues that we face as human beings are the same issues that my clients face on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, I think those are more the issues that keep me up at night is really the issues that are my clients are dealing with and what solutions can I bring to the table, but most importantly, can my resources bring to the table to help them solve their problems. Okay. What What's the, um, you're giving a lot of advice to people, and I know we, we can't give any uh, official advice today, but... What what kind of advice would you give listeners when thinking about, you know, steps that they should take in preparing for the future? That's a great question. And the answer is plan, plan, plan and plan. My clients never planned to fail. Most successful and wealthy people don't plan to fail. Sometimes it happens. But my clients failed to plan. And they already have a great team of advisors most of the time, CPA, attorney, investment advisor, business attorney, whatever it may be. But what they didn't have is a plan. They had pieces of a plan that had piecemealed together, been put together over the years, but they had nothing that was working today, tomorrow, and in for the future. And that's what I would tell people. You must figure out how to create a plan, not a business plan, a wealth plan, for you and your family. Well, I think so many times, and, and I think about exit planning for business owners, and so many times uh, I've been told that the day you start your business, you should start thinking about your exit. And But a lot of folks don't do that. And and so, like you're talking about planning for the future, it's kind of like planning for your, your business and your legacy, if you will. So when should people start? I know we talk about they don't plan, but when, when should let's say a business owner, start to think about the future? You stole my thunder. I was going to tell you that the answer really is, is the day you start that company, because if it is not an intent of yours to fail and you are going to have a successful company, which means that it is going to grow, which means the value is going to increase, which means that our biggest partner now becomes the government in the form of taxation. So, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to call me the day they start the company. But as soon as they can, we can start looking at different strategies and different structures that long term 
have tremendous benefits to you and your family when it comes to solving estate planning, wealth transfer, tax mitigation planning techniques. Okay. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've learned over the years is how much, I'll call it the average Joe, and I'm one of those average Joes, that we just don't really know about all the different tax ramifications and, and, and steps you can take to really help protect the wealth that you that you're building protect your business and, and so our how do how do you deal with the educational side of, of your clients I mean it's I mean it really is about education I can't make intelligent decisions without understanding what I'm making decisions on so how do you go about you know really from an educational standpoint to for your clients and the market as a whole so I'm going to turn that question around just a little bit I am not necessarily trying to educate my clients because once my clients become my clients, it's about doing the work that's necessary. I need to educate the team of advisors that's already out there. People like yourself who are working with successful business owners, other CPAs, investment advisors, to try to keep this concept of planning top of mind. We all get busy. You know, I'm going to the, the, the wedding this weekend. I'm going to a funeral this weekend. I'm going on vacation this weekend. You know, next week I'm going to, to see the new factory that we may end up buying. Business owners and real estate wealthy, excuse me, wealthy people always have something else that they are doing. And that's the challenge. So when I talk about education, it's about educating the team of collaborative advisors that a client would normally work with that is the education that I want to create. Okay. The in growing your business, and we, and we certainly came out of a year of 2020 that we all want to forget about, but how did how did that impact you as a, as a business? And then we'll talk about how it might have impacted some of your clients. But how did it impact you in the growth of your business? You know, it's funny you say that we want to forget about 2020. 2021 is looking very similar to 2020 to me. Oh, that's um, scary. That's scary. <laughs> but what I will tell you is that clients – at the beginning of this, March and April of last year, realized that COVID could come with a death sentence. And I was exceptionally busy with business owners and families who really wanted to start to look at what they currently had. That only lasted for a couple, three months, because what then happened is when people realized that it wasn't necessarily an automatic death sentence, they decided that they needed to pivot their company, grow their company, start a new company, whatever it was that they needed to do, and then they were back to the grind. And that is the challenge we all face as successful people. It's where are you going later? I'm going to a networking event. What are you doing later? I'm going to talk to my client. There's always something that's going on when we are dealing with people on the go, A-type personalities, and that is the struggle when it comes to a planning perspective. Wealthy clients, clients with large tax problems, should be meeting with their accountant in October. Not in January, because there's nothing left to do. But I hear it over and over and over again. Heath, I wanted to see my CPA and ask them what I could do. And they told them nothing. Because they didn't go in and see him in October because they were so busy with everything else that's going on that they didn't get any tax planning. Next, uh, next year, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see my accountant in October. And we're creatures of habit, and we don't. So I tell my clients that we are going to do a quarterly meeting with the CPA. We are going to understand what it is your tax consequences and your your uh, predictions for the year look like. 
and we are going to plan accordingly. And that's what you get when you work with somebody like us is that you get that accountability and you get that push and drive to get it done so that you can go focus on your money-making activities and focus on your family. You know, you, you brought up a great point. If you're waiting until January to start your tax planning, it's a day late and a dollar short. And uh, and really about getting ahead of the game. I mean, it's, it's like any kind of planning, uh, whether we're doing business growth planning or whatever it happens to be. You can't wait until it's on top of you to figure out uh, 2022. We need to be doing that now and figuring out the rest of 2021 because you should have already planned that out six months ago. So it's I think it's very similar in, in, in doing a lot of that. So you mentioned something, and I want to talk about it just a little bit before we kind of move into 2021. Uh, actually, I can't believe it's already February. It's blown me away. Um, but one of the key areas is from a business development standpoint for, for our businesses was was networking, was getting out to meetings, meeting people, you know, a lot of activity, spreading the word, spreading the wealth, if you will. And and so from a strategy standpoint in growing your business, what are what are some of the things you've been doing? Because really networking kind of somewhat cut us off at the knees. You know, it's a struggle. Um, I am an A-type personality and I was doing a lot of networking. Um, I am on Zoom for probably eight hours a day. Um, certain meetings have done a very good job of pivoting. Others uh, have allowed me to meet individuals and, you know, in the one hour Zoom is it's fairly convenient. It's an efficient use of my time. I would tell you I'd much prefer to be in person with somebody getting to know them better. But it is the best what we have right now. And to be safe uh, and appreciative of, you know, what my family has given me. And I don't want to obviously take something from the outside and bring it back to them. I, you know, I try to stay as diligent as possible. I do get out, you know, on a onesies and twosies type, you know, meeting, um, if, you know, socially distanced, uh, apart from people. I'm okay with that. Uh, but mostly it's been pretty much online. But we're all in the same boat, Angelo. You know, we're all doing online meetings. So people are at least more receptive to it. If I had come to them a year ago and said, hey, let's do a Zoom meeting. What are you talking about Zoom meeting? Meet me, in the, meet me at the bar. Meet me at the coffee shop. Meet me, you know, wherever we're going to meet. But we're all in the same boat now. So I think it's been uh, a little bit more. Uh, it's Acceptable, a little bit really for people to do. It's the yeah. norm. And people. Yeah, are all it, it is the norm. And now people start talking about getting together in person for a coffee. I mean, it's like, uh, oh, OK, sure. You know, it's a little hesitant. Uh, I know right towards the end of the year as uh, we got through Thanksgiving and and I had a I had a few things planned, a couple golf outings and. My wife uh, started talking to me and basically saying, you go, go play. But if you come home and you bring COVID, you got bigger problems than COVID because I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> so so, uh, so I actually um, had uh, my second in-person meeting. Uh, actually, the second one was today where um, I went out and, and met, a, met a client. And so, you know, slowly but surely, but to your point, it's about it's about being safe. So here we are, February 2021. What are what are some of the things business leaders need to do right now to start taking advantage of really preparing for their estate tax exemptions and things like that? You keep asking some great questions, and this one is uh, this one's starting to trouble me because we don't know what the current administration is going to do. 
This is not about the Democrats versus the Republicans and anything else. This is really about the laws and what the laws are that we need to comply with. Um, right now, the state tax exemption is approximately $24 million for a married couple. There is talk within Washington of lowering that down to $7 million per person. Uh, excuse me, $7 million per couple. I've heard some people say it's going to be 10 to $12 million per couple. Either way, it's a substantial decrease from where we're currently at, assuming they go in that direction. And you will start to see that a lot more families, a lot more business owners will be subject to an estate tax. And the estate tax is onerous. It's a 40% tax. Mm. So you make a dollar, you pay 40, 45 cents in taxes. And when you die, you're supposed to pay another 40 cent in taxes. That's why we love what we do. And we try to push people to get this work done. So I don't know where we go from here. But the questions that I want to ask the audience, but I want the advisors in the room to be asking their clients is, when was the last time you reviewed your estate plan? I think it would be shocking to a lot of people that there are really wealthy people that have never had an estate plan yet or one that is outdated. Kobe Bryant was not up to date when he passed. Prince didn't have a great one. Gandolfini, when he passed, didn't have one. So you go on and on and on and you talk about wealthy people who have business managers and CPAs and other advisors in the room that don't have these documents in place. The people on this call probably are in a similar situation. When was the last time you reviewed your estate plan? When was the last time you looked at your life insurance portfolio? When was the last time you looked at your property and casualty portfolio? I had a client recently that we did an overall uh, analysis for, and he said to me, Gives Heath, why are those two cars on your analysis? I said, because they're on your bill. He goes, I haven't had those cars in three years. He goes, those were my wife and daughter's old cars. He had been paying auto insurance for three years on two cars that he hadn't had. Jeez. <laughs> happens all the time. We get busy. We're running companies. We're doing deals. We're traveling. We're taking care of our family. It can happen to anybody. My clients never plan to fail. They just failed to plan until they met me. Sure. Well, you know, it's 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 like a health checkup. I talk about a brand checkup in some of my presentations. The same thing. It's a it's a wealth and financial checkup. I mean, we go to the doctors uh, hopefully at least once a year or more. Yet, to your point, people go years without ever actually digging into their kind of financial well-being, and until until something happens, and then it's again too late. You're absolutely right. I will tell you, I got plenty of clients that you start to go through the life insurance underwriting process with, and you ask them when was the last time they saw a doctor, and they tell you they can't remember. Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand. I, I know some folks that that you know they say they hate doctors and they don't go, but but to me, it's I'd rather know and, and be up to be up to date on stuff as opposed to uh, waiting until I get some really bad news. Speaking hey, mine's of, on, kind mine, of that, mine's on Friday, so uh, I know exactly where you're coming from. I I did not have one last year because I just didn't want to go out during COVID, but I made a made it important uh, decision to uh, to get it done as soon as possible this year. Yeah, I did a, a telemedicine one um, earlier this year. And uh, but I went I went to uh, the Quest and I got my blood drawn and stuff like that. And I actually went to a 
one of those uh, scanning life scans where they kind of scan your whole body and do all that stuff. I did that this year. And to me, it's it's important. It's again, it's I want to make sure the uh, I got the right fluids and oils are working, you know, in the body. <laughs> I think there's a lot of other problems without being stupid and and uh, ignoring your health. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, my mom uh, used to say nothing else matters except your health because if you don't have good health, nothing else it really matters. So that's, thank you, mom, for that, uh, that those words of wisdom. What are some of the areas that that you're concerned with and and you see for your clients that that they need to kind of pay attention to when it comes to their state plans and things like that? Well, the big one, I think, is waiting to the last minute when you are going to enter into a transaction. You know, it's not often that people just wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to sell my company today. There's something that's percolating that gives you an indication that that may be coming down the pike. You know, my son and daughter decided to go in different directions. One's a doctor, one's a lawyer. You know, I'm 100% owner of this company. I don't have a partner. Uh, My grandchildren aren't old enough to take it over yet. Well, there's indications of what that may look like in the future. And what I would tell people is that you really should be thinking about what that exit looks like, when that exit may occur, and then start to take the appropriate steps now to start to deal with the anticipation of what that large tax bill may be, especially on the successful companies. Yeah, well, planning, I, 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 I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this, but but I had the opportunity to, to sell one of my companies. And it, I got a, literally, I'm being somewhat cryptic, but I got a phone call on a Monday and we sold, you know, on a Friday, a little longer than that. But it happened so fast that we had not been planning. I, the last thing I ever thought that somebody would want to buy. But, you know, the moon aligned and all of a sudden the phone calls happened. And so it happened very quickly. We, we had not planned. We were not ready for it. It was it was a scramble city. I'm sure at the end of the day, we, we, we left some stuff on the table. But um, but it, it was it was nerve wracking. But if we had planned it, to your point, maybe not so much. And I'm not certain that there you know, that's not the situation that I'm talking about. There are times where something like that occurs. But if you've got an idea that there is going to be a large event, transition, succession point, you know, start to think about it ahead of time. What about, you know, you, you mentioned your your, your uh, son and daughter and, and, you know, you got multi-generational families. Do those tend to be a little more difficult in, in navigating the, the personalities, if you will, when, when moms and dad are passing it down to their kids or vice versa or family members are splitting up what's some uh, areas to look at there from landmines (laughs) I don't know if they always go hand in hand I mean personalities is going to be an issue when you're in the planning process but there's been plenty of times where the planning the personalities excuse me did not interfere with the planning process you know where you start to have issues is when you've got son and daughter both involved in the business and you ask mom who she thinks is going to take over the company or should take over the company and she says her son and you ask dad and he thinks it's entirely his daughter that's their daughter that's supposed to take over the company. And then the question is, is if you sat down with either your son and your daughter and asked them if they want the company, you pay them very well. Okay, They got great homes. They got great benefits. They got great vacation time. Maybe they enjoy being a high paid employee. Maybe they don't want to be the CEO of this company when you go. And so those conversations need to take place, and they don't take place as often as, as they should. 
And then all of a sudden you start to compound the timing and the personalities, and then it becomes a really difficult transition succession conversation. Right. So having those ahead of time is exceptionally important. Okay. When does when does someone pick up the phone and call you? I mean, what what prompts what prompts me, for example, to pick up the phone and say I I need to talk to Heath? That goes back to the question you asked me before, and that's the education. If I educate you well enough, and I've put a couple of red flags in your brain that pop up when you hear a client talk about it. That's when I'm going to get that call. That could be when a client says, I'm thinking about selling. Uh, somebody is, else is going to be taking over my company. I've got a serious health issue that I'm challenged with. Um, what else would there possibly be? Those, those are the kind of the main ones. And then my education to my other advisors is don't wait for the client to say it to you. You bring it up as part of the conversation. You know, I noticed you uh, had your daughter with you at the last meeting. Is that something that, you know, you're looking to her for her to be your transition, your succession? Um, and you're going to get the answer very quickly. So I'd love for people to be a little bit more proactive with their clients in some of the other areas that's not their, their core competency. You talk about branding and marketing, and that's what your expertise is. But you're helping this clients become successful, grow become more valuable, whatever words you want to use. And then the question is, is when I am successful in helping you grow this company, which means that you're going to have a higher valuation, what are you going to do with that? Now, that could be a question that you ask them. And that's not a very probing question from a what are you worth and how much do you make and, you know, all of those questions. So those, that's the education that I try to get out there into the community and say, what are the issues that you could be spotting that may not deal with marketing, growing companies, CMO, whatever it may be, but it is what the clients need and want to hear. Okay. Is, is this what you refer to as legacy planning? No, I think the legacy planning more or less is, to be morbid for a moment, Angelo, when I'm sitting in the pews listening to somebody give a eulogy, how are they going to talk about me? Was I a great person? Was I only a good CEO? Was I an amazing father? What does that look like? And I think that's what I want people to think about because every day you are either building or detracting from your legacy. The one that I speak on a lot, and I, I picked a really bad topic. I didn't even think about it. I spoke about Kobe Bryant's legacy in a presentation in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. The Celtics and the Lakers hate each other. So this one did not go over as well in that room as it did here locally in L.A. But I said, what do you think women think of Kobe Bryant? He had an issue in a hotel in Colorado that really detracted from his personal brand at that time, his legacy. He has come back to build that thing up beautifully. And when he unfortunately passed, his legacy was about what he had given to his children, girls, basketball, whatever it was that he was giving back. And I think that was to build up that legacy piece that was detracted from that incident that happened in Colorado. And I think that's really what I'm talking about when I talk about legacy planning. It's what are you doing today that they're going to talk about and how are they going to talk about you? And not just the fact that you built this wonderful business and sold it for a lot of money. 
who are you as a person? And I think that is an exceptionally important topic for families to think about because, once again, it goes back to the question you asked before about personalities. We all have one. The question is, is how simpatico are, how can we create this wonderful plan for this family, and how will you ultimately be remembered? How does it really impact, though? I mean, I, I, when you now that you've explained it, I mean, I, that just for me, it's about reputation and what the reputation is of, of me as an individual, let's say, or more than my business, right? Because you'd have a, a great business, it's really grown, but man, he's a you-know-what. And, Correct. you know, if that's what people are thinking about, I actually worked with a, a company a few years back and it exploded. I mean, it literally went from borrowing on credit cards to a hundred million dollars in like a year and a half. I mean, it was just unbelievable growth. But the CEO, uh, people just despised her. And when she walked into the room and the stuff that was written on Glassdoor and so that, so we're really talking about that reputation, that legacy that she potentially could leave, regardless of how successful the company was and what people thought I agree about with you. her. And, and I potentially agree. that does, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. I was going to say, but potentially that, that I could see now as we're talking, that really could impact the company, right? Because people hear about that. They don't want to deal with it, with her or him. They, they understand maybe the way they treat people. And so really it comes back to those individuals and, and beyond you know, the success or not success of the organization. My most successful companies are run by people who are prominent members of the community as well. That may just be, you know, giving to not local nonprofits. It may be at their church or their synagogue, whatever it may be. But every one of my most successful liked CEOs are also involved in the community in some form or fashion. And I go, think it goes back to exactly what you're talking about. And those comments on Glassdoor are not going anywhere. They are part of your legacy. If they're not true, then you need to do what's in your best interest and the company's best interest and your family's best interest to enhance that legacy and that brand, that personal brand. Yeah. Yeah, I really hadn't thought about it the way you're describing it. But, yeah, about the reputation and what people think. And, and again, I, I'm not going to go to the sitting in the pew and having somebody talk about me, but... Um, but more importantly, you know, to one of the networking organizations, more back live, you know, and somebody whispering across the room that, hey, that guy's a good businessman, but, you know, he's a real you know what. Um, I, that would be devastating. I mean, it's or for because, again, that now all of a sudden people love to talk about negativity, <laughs> you know, and unfortunately, you know, gossip exists and people like to talk. And so that kind of stuff spreads like wildfire. And, and so I think it's really important that, that companies do things. So how do you work with your clients to, to, when you talk about legacy, to help manage that for them? So it's a, once again, you keep asking great questions, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad we we're uh, able to, to talk about this today. I think it goes back to having a desire to create a plan that is going to make sense for you and your family. And it's step by step. We may not be ready for an exit or a transition today, but we are ready to create an estate plan. Because if God forbid something happens to me, <coughs> excuse me, what happens to my company? Is my wife prepared to take it over? Is my husband prepared to take it over? The kids are too young. They're not even ready to take it over. What is going to happen? My kids are young. 
God forbid something happens to my wife and I, what is going to happen to our children? I mean, these are real life issues. So you start to take steps and putting this together. And because I've been doing this long enough, I know what the next step is after the first step. So I keep pushing the steps and I get my clients to focus on the next step because I'm leading them down that path. I want them to do two things and two things only for the most part. I want them to focus on their money-making activities and I want them to focus on their family. Everything else, I'm going to step by step with you, getting the plan in place so that when we look at each other at the end of the year, we're going to look at each other and go, this makes a lot of sense. What's year two look like? What's year three look like? What's the 30th year look like? If I'm a 50-year-old businessman, it is likely that I could be here for another 25 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's that growth look like? What's that marketing plan look like? What's all of that stuff look like? And those steps that I take along with my clients is ultimately going to build that plan that makes sense for them today, tomorrow, and in the future. Okay. But let, 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 let me backtrack just one second in thinking about exit and, and talk about capital gains. From how, do, how does a business... And, and when you're dealing with people that are selling their business, how do you deal with the capital capital gains from, from the sale of the business? How does that all that work? So I'm really hoping that we get to talk to somebody, you know, one, three, five, ten years out from that that exit point. And to, to your point, Angelo, you know, you got a company that's worth five million today and you're trying to grow it to fifteen or twenty. Okay, that ten or fifteen million dollar delta between twenty and five is going to be your capital gain exposure. So if I do proper planning today and I figure out some strategies that allows that asset to still maintain control by patriarch and matriarch, but we don't have all of that 15 million, the difference between the five and the 20, subject to capital gains in the future, I'm creating additional wealth for that family. But when you wake up in the morning and go, okay, the business is worth 20 and I'm selling it today, I don't have that ability to, to protect that, that 15 million from capital gains. And, you know, roughly that's a $6 million tax bill. So if I have $6 million of extra money that my client's going to be able to utilize for their legacy, for their retirement, for their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whatever it may be, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But if I don't take those steps by steps with my client along the way, I'm not going to be able to protect that money in the future. Dang, interesting. What do you think the, the, the biggest misconception is about what you do? I love this question. I get it asked almost every meeting. And I think the answer is very much that wealthy people have it all done. I gave you a bunch of names of famous musicians and, and actors that at the beginning here that didn't have it all done. Just because you're wealthy does not mean you have it all done. Just because you're wealthy and have a team of advisors already working for you does not mean you have it all done. I need collaboration, I need communication, and I need coordination of all of those different advisors. And that's what I bring to the table. When the CPA doesn't want to leave Beverly Hills to drive to Irvine to see the client because it takes up way too much of their time during the day and they've got other clients they need to focus on as well, something's going to get broken down in the planning process. Mm -hmm. So that's why I typically show up at my client's offices or at their home I sit down with them and their spouse, and we build that plan, and then I drive to the CPA's office to make sure that all of the different moving pieces get put in place properly. Once again, allowing my clients to 
focus on money making activities and focus on their family. And that's what's critical about this process. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned about um, uh, actors and stuff. I remember years ago, my parents telling me uh, Abbott and Costello, which were wildly popular back what in the 40s or 50s. And I think they 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 died broke. From tax uh, tax issues, if I'm not mistaken. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, you know, I'll make another dollar tomorrow if I blow this one today. Well, that's not guaranteed. And that's part of this whole planning process is looking and understanding what it is we're trying to accomplish as a family and putting a plan in place that makes sense. My clients never plan to fail. They just plan to fail until they got to me. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a, a I know we talked about uh, give me some examples when we were talking about a state and stuff. Do you have any examples of, of kind of a and maybe you can't use any names, but kind of a success in, a, in managing the legacy for someone or some organization? Well, yeah, along the way, I mean, there are times where a type CEOs do not have the best reputation. But when you start to have that you didn't want to go there to that, that eulogy conversation or how are your children or grandchildren going to remember you? I've had some, some really successful conversations with people. They look at me and go, you know what? I don't like the person I am. I am going to change. I want to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and want to see that person succeed today. I want that person to be liked. I want people to go, when can I play golf with that person? Because I really want to be around them. And so I have seen some people go from, I don't even like that person, to that is the the life of the party. And I think those are the successes that I love to see. Okay, interesting. So what what inspires you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Little dif- little more difficult during COVID. So let's put COVID aside for a moment. <laughs> uh, what really motivates me in the morning is being able to have some success with a client situation. You know, we are looking at uh, the children or grandchildren taking it over. What have we done to be able to utilize, you know, the strategies to be able to do that, you know, to do that successfully? That's really what motivates me, getting up in the morning and being able to help people. Even if you don't become my client and you have somebody that you want to introduce me to that needs my advice or services, I'd love to just talk to them because if they can walk away with one nugget, even if we don't become a relationship, that makes me feel good. I like helping people, and it is important to me to be able to help people. Okay. So uh, we're coming down to an end here uh, of the conversation. So, uh, Heath, what are what are if you could uh, sum it up into some tips, guidance to to the audience? What are two or three or four or five, whatever? What are what are some kind of highlights that they need to write down? put into action right now um, to to basically preserve their legacy and hopefully preserve their wealth. Turn around in your desk, grab that drawer open and pull out your estate plan, your investment statements, your property and casualty statements, your life insurance portfolio and have it reviewed. And if you don't have all of that stuff current, get it current. You know, that's the challenge that I face is I used to go to the office And I knew that as soon as I asked my client or prospective client to turn around, that desk had everything in it I needed. Well, they may not be going into the office as much. I'm certainly not going to their office as much. 
I'm having more troubles getting the documentation that I need to at least do an analysis for people. But that's what I would tell you. Grab your documents, and if you don't have documents, you need to get those documents uh, updated or at least put in place. All right. Well, let's tell the audience then how they can reach you in case they don't have those documents in place and uh, or they need to get their plans uh, looked at. So what are the, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, either email, Heath, H-E-A-T-H, G as in George, at ICON, W-L-P, that stands for ICON Wealth and Legacy Partners. So Heath G at ICON, WLP.com. Or phone number is 818-981-7184. Please okay. call me if you have questions. All right. And then certainly uh, you're on LinkedIn and um, and uh, obviously you have a website. So they can, they can find all that information uh, on LinkedIn as well, correct? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a great conversation. I, I, I've been, uh, learned a few things here that I didn't know, so that's that's always good. That's one of my goals, too, is this is business advice for my listeners, but I get to benefit uh, from all these conversations as well. And so I really appreciate you, you taking time out of your business schedule to uh, to provide my listeners some advice and some insights, and hopefully they can call you and preserve their wealth as they build it or make sure that they're on the right track to build wealth. Angelo, thanks for your time today as well. All right. Thank you. Take care. Keith, thank you again for joining us at the cafe today. And thank you for you listeners to joining us as well. If your business needs a CMO or senior level marketing leadership, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me to find out more about my fractional interim or consulting services, you can visit theponzigroup.com to find a variety of resources, blogs, videos, ebooks, and you can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. And lastly, if you're a subscriber to the show, thank you very much. And if you are a subscriber, please let others know about the great content they can hear on the show, like they did today with Heath. You can learn more about that at thebusinessgrowthcafe.com, or you can listen on any podcast platform you like to listen to. And don't forget to join me here next week at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.